0: not to be like the world and not to be like the great majority of american christians but to be like jesus christ
1: i don't know why you're clapping i'm talking about you what's wrong with you people i'm serious
0: you can't say amen you ought to say ouch Hello, Humblebees. Welcome to Tulips and Honey. Hi, welcome back, Humblebees. We have a great new episode for
1: you today. I am joined with the best boss, Babe Lauren. Hi, Humblebees. Yay. And I'm joined today by my super sweet co host, Becca. Oh, and today we have okay, this uh, this is an exciting episode, I think. We're, yeah. we're, if you don't know, we play games um online. And so we play um, guessing games with our, with our audience so that if you can guess what we're talking about, you can be entered into fun prizes. And so tell, them, tell our listeners, our Humble Bees, how we decided to come up with this particular episode because it's kind of cool.
0: Yes, I know. So we first did in December Name That Heretic. And so we were trying to get the word out about different um, uh, false teachers that are out there that people might not. Be knowledgeable about. We had a lot of people um, message us about they didn't know that person. They had no idea. It was really interesting. So into January, we changed it up to name that heresy. So people had to find out. uh, You know, there was a quote with given, but they had to find out the doctrinal um, or theology that was false about it. And we wanted to to do an episode about it and kind of explain more for each one. We had six for January.
1: So, Yeah, right. Yeah. I'm really pumped about this because I feel like there was, for the most part, I would say 99% people were just absolutely loving this. But there was a little bit of confusion on a couple of people's parts. And we love all of our Humblebees. We want to make sure that we address all the confusion and make sure that nothing is uh, left swept under the rug or anything. So the one thing I want to point out before we start this is that at no point were we making fun of or laughing at any of this. And I, I kept hearing that from like a couple of people here and there. And it's interesting to me because for the most, like most of these every now and then we would go live, but most of these, we just posted a meme with the quote. So I don't see how anyone was getting the impression that we were making light of or mocking this. It is a game in the fact that you're going to guess and win a prize, right? Right. Like it's, it's designed to get people interested in learning about these these false teachers. It's designed to get people interested in um paying more attention to these uh fault these heresies and seeing where they might see it in their own church and, and we got so many people, like Becca was just saying, reached out to us thanking us that this was really helpful, that they're really enjoying it. And um just a couple of people who were who were um under the impression that we were making light of these Um, these things and we just want to really point out if you listen to any of the going live events there was no doubt about the fact that we were not taking this lightly this is very serious and we took it very seriously and so when we talked about it there was a lot of passion in what we were saying but unfortunately um, I think maybe for some people there's just a, um, a tendency to not want to give the benefit of the doubt not want to hear anybody else out they wanted to say well you're just making light of this and that's just not my thing so i'm going to send you a nasty message and that's going to be that but a couple of people were just concerned and wanting to like genuinely know where our hearts were on that and so that's part of why we're doing this episode we want to let you all know our hearts and we want to dig into this a little bit deeper because you can't really do that like via yeah via like instagram (laughs) and one post and it's a little hard
0: to to break it down Um, In that section, but a lot of people got these, right?
1: Yes. Um, I was so impressed with how many people got it. Right. And I was very thankful. Yeah. The people that were getting it right. They were helping the people underneath that were like, I don't really know what this is called, but I've heard it here and there. So now we have people helping, like we have Humblebees helping one another, as it goes along, and everybody is learning from one another. We had people add scriptures that they thought were, were helpful to refute certain things. And so that was helpful for people who were like, I don't think this is wrong. Well, now you have 50 different scriptures down below that you can, you can do your own research in. So it was really neat. But we're changing the game up a little bit next time. So yes. it's be really exciting. Next, instead of doing heresies, we are going to do Name That Theologian. And this one's yeah. probably going to go for a longer amount of time because there's a lot of great theologians that we want to point to. So, um if you're not following us on Facebook or you're not a part of our Tulips and Honey Hub group or Facebook page, make sure that you join those. Um you can join the group or you can follow our page and that way you'll be able to see whenever we drop these. Um Wednesdays and Fridays we're going to be releasing a special quote. It's going to have a solid biblically solid theologian that we want you to guess who it is and we're not going to go easy. Like we're not going to just be like, can't say amen. Don't, you know, better say out. <laughs>
0: What's easy. wrong with you people. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we're going to try and make it a little harder, but if yes. you get them right, the first time you get entered into the big prize. And if you guess at all, even if you're wrong, you get entered into the two lower tier prizes. So I think this one will probably go on for at least two months, maybe three. Yeah. Like my mind was blown whenever I started looking for, all the different quotes. I was like, and this person, and that person. Oh, and this one over here. Oh, I can't forget about such and such. Whoa, I gotta have this person. So that's what our new thing is going to be. We're going to be doing that for a little while. But, or well, this episode is actually not about that. It is about the heresies that we covered. So we do, like Becca said, we have six heresies here. We're going to go through each and every one of them with you guys, so that you can kind of get a little bit of an introduction, there are a lot of heresies. So the definition of heresy is the belief or opinion contrary to orthodox, religious, especially Christian doctrine. So um, an opinion profoundly at odds with what is generally accepted. So what we want to like look at here is we have 2000 years of church history, where we can see the orthodoxy, of church history, we can see scripture, and we can interpret scripture through scripture with herma, hermeneutics. hermeneutics. Okay. Of course, good hermeneutics, good uh, exegesis is exegesis, right? Not eisegesis? Yes,
0: exegesis. You're um, forget what it's called, but yeah, you're t- you're putting things into context correctly, yes. and exegesis you're taking it out of context, right? Isogesis you're putting yourself in. You yeah.
1: are the scripture, <laughs> right? Exactly. You are definitely not Esther or David. But <laughs> so, good exegesis then <laughs> is—it's got three main points, three main rules: context, 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 context. Yes. <laughs> uh, one of the things that was really helpful for me when I first became a believer is if I see something that I don't understand, something that I think is contradictory, something that I think is is weird or off about Scripture, the problem isn't Scripture; the problem is me because God through His Holy Spirit, wrote the scriptures. So um, if there is something that is confusing me, that's on me. I need to do my due diligence. I need to figure out why this is confusing to me, rather than start a whole new church with, like, all new beliefs, because I'm confused about scripture. So that's the balance that we want to help you guys have. So our very first doctrine, Becca, give it to us. Let us know.
0: Little God's Doctrine.
1: It's a doctrine instead of heresy. Sorry, our first heresy.
0: Well, yeah, and these people do hold to these type of ideologies. So, and Mm -hmm. that was, um, we had a quote by Kenneth Copeland, every Christian is a God. You don't have a God living in you. You are one. Um, That's from The Force of Love. I'm assuming either uh, it's a message, a sermon from one of his. He had a lot. He says this a lot. Um, This was just one
1: one of them. Right. Yes. and. A few other people that say this is um, Joyce Myers teaches this and Creflo dollar for certain teaches this. There's a few others that, that also teach this and what they're saying. And you can hear this repeated over and over again. If you, if you research this, that um, horses, when they have babies, they have little horses. Um, When cows get together, they have little cows. They're made after the image of the mama and daddy cow, I guess is what they're trying to say. So when God got together, With, you know, the other members of the Trinity, he, he got together and he created little gods. But the problem with that is that a cow or a horse or a cat, when they get together and they are having, um, they're having babies, that is completely different than what God did. God came down and he created a completely different, an entirely different thing, like an entirely different living creature in Adam. And so he didn't birth Adam, you didn't. Right? Um, no, there was no talk, foolery go on between the Trinity. That is absolutely unacceptable for anyone to even, even like suggest. Mm-hmm. So their misunderstanding really stems from a, sp- a particular scripture. Jesus quotes it as well. It's in Psalms, and it's about how did I did did it did we did I not call you? It's I think mm-hmm. it's God's being. Did I not call you gods? But I say to you, you will die like men. Mm-hmm. And it's a rebuke because. The word in Hebrew is actually, it's referring to somebody who is speaking for God. Like these are his messengers here on earth. That's what a priest was supposed to be. And so um, it's not saying, hey, you're a little God. Right. It's saying, you spoke for me. I gave you that ability or that opportunity. But because you have done so poorly, you will now die like a man. So in other words, this is, this is not a positive scripture. And when Jesus no, quotes it, that's he's quoting it to the her- heretics of the day. Yeah, like.
0: yeah. I know there's also, if I recall, cause I used to believe this too, it was in Genesis one, verse 27 through 29, where it talks about um, that God created man in his own image. So they use that a lot, but they're taking it out of context. I even read um, John MacArthur's study notes um, because mm-hmm. there's an app for that. So I don't
1: know. <laughs> boom. Have to, boom you there's don't have an to app find- for that.
0: <laughs> you don't have to, if you don't I think it was like six dollars or something that's Um so it's looking that's at bad. that yeah it says um it speaks of a productive ordering of the earth and its inhabitants to yield its riches and accomplish God's purpose it has nothing to do with us being um little gods that is so almost that that's more familiar to Mormonism yes than yep. anything that is not uh good that's terrible theology
1: right terrible. yes Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And unfortunately, we see a lot of times in these groups Mm -hmm. that they have borrowed from the cults. And I don't know if they just see, okay, this is working for the cults. This is, you know, popular for them. Maybe we should give it a try. But we do see it a lot where these kind of groups, they are borrowing these little god theology. It does come from Mormonism. If I mean, there's other yeah. people in the past that have taught that. But it's the same with, like, if you go back and you research the speaking in tongues kind of thing. The Gal- right. Galile Gal- not Galileo. Galileo. There's a special word that they use for speaking in the tongues. It's supposed to be angel language. But the um, oh, Mormons, the Mormons started that. Like, they did that before it never happened. So um they were speaking in tongues tongues way long before it was just at the beginning of their movement like the beginning of the Mormon Mm -hmm. movement they did they did do that and of course you see the Hinduism does it yeah so they do borrow they borrow a lot Mm -hmm. and that should be disturbing to any of us yeah you shouldn't Um, be cherry picking
0: I remember when I heard it I heard a internship leader talked to some other people sharing about it and I heard that little god theology I really had never heard it in a sermon before but of course I kind of already believed in that kind of heresy but when I heard that person say it I instantly looked and was like I knew that there was a red flag but mm-hmm. then I instantly was like nope that person's my my leader and yeah. I trust that um clearly I'm in the wrong
1: yeah uh, gosh that's right dangerous it is they borrow that sort of manipulation too from the cults like if obviously i'm in the wrong i always felt that way about um our leaders if they said something that was against scripture or it was against what we knew as like our own theology like they got a new word or something i would still just say well you know what i'm dumb they're smart i'm little they're big you know i'm
0: <laughs> i'm smart you're dumb i'm big you're little i'm right you're wrong
1: <laughs> i need to just let them do their thing and listen but so that's the little god's theology It's very dangerous. We want to make sure that we warn other people about not just the Mormons. It's easy. Listen, this is so important listeners. It is easy to warn about the Mormons. Okay. Mm -hmm. You're not going to get a lot of pushback. Right. You're not. But the moment that you say Joyce Meyer teaches (laughs) this, you're going to get some hate. I
0: laugh because we totally got hate in the group. (laughs) Sorry, I don't mean to make light of that, but it just struck me because I'm like, yep. Like, People get so. I think I. I want people to know, like, why do you get so offended so easily? You know what I mean, right. like. And we're yeah. we just we try to come back with being calm, responsive, um, to the best of our abilities. But there, there's got to be something in people's minds that is like. Mm-hmm. Um, is there pride on my part? Is there right? You no, know, some self reflection going on. Um, yeah. Examining of the I scriptures.
1: Uh, yep. Which we need to do for everybody. It's not like if, if if you're listening to John MacArthur and you are not considering that, that you need to also be viewing the scriptures and, and in that context, then you are not being loving to him as a leader or a pastor or a brother in Christ. The most loving thing we can do is hold these people accountable to scripture. That's the most important thing. Of course, you have to know scripture to do that. So it's important for us to get in our word. But um, it's really um, going to be a lot more difficult if you are dealing with this from the perspective. My best advice to somebody who knows somebody who listens to Joyce Meyer, Creflo Dollar, Kenneth Copeland, start with talking about the Mormon teaching about little mm-hmm. gods, you and your word of faith friends are most likely right. going to be in agreement with that. You're, they're mm-hmm. most li- most likely going to say, yep, that's right. That's terrible. Gosh, that's so weird or whatever it is that they're going to say. And but then I, you okay. can leave from there. Yeah. You can just yeah. segue yeah. right in there. And did you know, I heard the other day, Kenneth Copeland teaching the exact same thing. Right. I know he's not Mormon. I wonder where he's getting this weird theology from, but it's definitely not something I would want to listen to.
0: Right. Ooh, just kind of lay that out.
1: And walk Whoa. away.
0: And uh-huh. walk away. Uh-huh. <laughs> that reminds me like, of the next one that we have for Canada Christ. That's been yeah. a really, like, using the um, Bill Johnson quote that we have has been um, great to share with some of my friends or family that are still in Word of Faith and go, this teaching's wrong. We can, like, agree to that. And then I, like, walk away. <laughs> I'm just like, <laughs> step <aside.
1: laughs> Just but the we can off. agree and then yeah. Oh, and you know what I forgot to mention this too for all of these, like what you were saying about how people get so upset when you talk about their favorite teachers. Michelle mm-hmm. Leslie wrote about that mm-hmm. and it was so helpful that even Todd Freil picked it up and he talked about it on his own radio program. No way. Like, can we link that? Helpful. I want to watch that. Yes, I'll see if I can find it and link it okay. below. But I can definitely find her article because it's been really helpful. She just she talked about a study that was done that explained how women in particular we become attached to the people that we listen to as if they are our family members. So, like if you talk to somebody that's a Beth Moore fan and you try to explain to them about how Beth Moore has yeah,
0: it's like a part of our identity.
1: Yes. Yeah, that's right. You are personally offending them. And you'll notice that when you talk to somebody about people they listen to, you're not talking about that person. You're personally offending them. You're judging them. They feel hurt. They feel attacked. They feel judged. You might not even be talking about them personally. You may just be posting about how this particular teacher is wrong they're going to come against you and say how horrible and hateful you are because they feel judged. They feel attacked. They
0: do. I have to agree part with of that.
1: themselves. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's yeah. Really we've, really
0: had, we've had people that like reacted about like a John MacArthur quote and then it goes zero to 60. It just goes, you just, you believe that we're false heretics because we, you know, speak in tongues. And I was like, wait, what? Like, hold but, on. let's was in right. it in. Exactly. My quote had nothing to do with that, that I posted and liked. Yes. <laughs> but they take it, so personally Mm -hmm. and then they project and then um uh but that like that at some point then that's on them like Mm -hmm. they their god has blinded them and put these blinders on them you know like with horses they're things that for tunnel vision they just can't see that they're on a wide road
1: (laughs) right yes and And we're over on the narrow road over here seriously when you try to point that out to them they'll get more and more aggressive and at some point it's really helpful if you're dealing with these, especially with um, when it comes to Bill Johnson. There's mm-hmm. a little bit of a difference between Bethel and a lot of these other churches that we're talking about. Yeah, it, I would I would venture to say that this is cult behavior. Yeah, like absolutely. it's completely different. Yeah, you're you're not going to get the same responses. Like the people who love Beth Moore, they love jo- Joyce Meyer, they love Kenneth Copeland. They're going to defend them. That's fine. Mm-hmm. The people who are Bill Johnsonites. They will disown you. They will, I mean, belittle you. They will come against you. It's not going to be the same. I don't know if you've ever talked to um, a member of a cult before, but the behaviorism is different, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's not the same as just somebody who's regularly deceived. This isn't about just, okay, I believe this person is good. These people believe their doctrine is good. That's the difference. They know what they're being taught. And they agree with it. That's totally different.
0: And they think they're a little God. Yeah. And they think they can do everything that Christ did and more. Um, Yeah.
1: So So if you threaten to take that away from them, be prayered up big time. Don't come come about any of this stuff lightly. So Canonic Christ, that is our next one. This is a quote from Bill Johnson. Canonic Christ, if he performed miracles, and he being Christ, um, if he performed miracles because he was God, then they would be unattainable for us. But if he did them as a man, I am responsible to pursue his lifestyle. Recapturing the simple truth changes everything and makes possible a full restoration of the ministry of Jesus in his church. This is from um, When Heaven Invades Earth, chapter 2, pages 7 through 8. I had to read this. I'm so sorry.
0: I know. I read this in my internship at my old church, and that's just chapter two of yes. this book. There's all kinds of heresy up in here. Um, mm-hmm. I think uh, Melissa. I cannot say her last name. Melissa Dotery. Yeah, that's what we're going Okay. <laughs> So sorry, Melissa, I love you. She has a, a video where she, uh, I haven't watched it yet, but it's a couple hours of her talking and giving a review about the book. So um, I, I really uh, commend people that are wanting to read and study about this heresy to a point like they're comfortable reading the book. Um, I would not say go out and buy this by any right. means, buy it if you do, if you are wanting to. To read this for purposes of breaking down bad theology, I would say buy it off eBay. <laughs> Don't give this people yes. directly money uh, right. to them. Um, I wish I kept my own copy, um, but it's all kinds of heresy up here. Like, yeah, it's connected with the the NAR, which we got to do an episode about. New yes. information, as much as Bill Johnson, but also Brian Houston, they are apostles.
1: Yeah. They
0: act out in the sense of a, of an apostle. Um,
1: it's just not popular to call yourself that now. It's
0: just not popular. Yeah, that is N.A.R. or hyper charismatic, but it's to a point where it's like it's Bethel, but it's Hillsong as well. Mm-hmm. And this all started. Um, I was the big Jesus movement back in the '70s, but now it's mainstream. Yeah, you know what I mean. This is, is mainstream. Is. This is everywhere. This is Kayla. This is every bookstore. Um, right,
1: because it sells. it sells. It does. Mm -hmm. You can sell the canonic Christ to people who are not believers because this is what people want to hear that they can, that there was nothing special or unique about Jesus. I can remember back when I was 15 and at 15 years old, um, I'm in church, but I'm not a believer, but I have a very high opinion of myself because I'm going to these churches where they're telling you about how special you are. So I have a very high opinion of myself. I don't understand any scripture. I don't understand any scripture whatsoever, but I am a cocky little 15 year old brat that thinks she knows anything which is why the first scripture god had me read when i got saved was from first corinthians chapter eight he who thinks he knows knows not what he ought i thought i knew and i'm having coffee with my mom and one of her friends and her friend says well i believe jesus lived but he wasn't perfect he must have sinned. Everybody sins and i remember looking her dead in the face and laughing and being like well you're wrong but at least you believe jesus lived um oh my gosh you're 15. Fifteen years old, I was so wow. cocky. I was just like, "Oh, you're you know, you're wrong. Obviously, that's so silly. What a silly thought." But it stuck with me the fact that people who are not believers, who are not going to go to church, they are not redeemed. They are completely lost. Mm-hmm. They want to believe that Jesus was just like them. Yeah, mm-hmm. we see this in Scripture. It's in a, it's in the Psalms where God said, "You thought I was just like you." Yes, that yes. is exactly what the Canonic. It Christ and it connects. It,
0: it connects right back to the um, little God theology. Yeah. I mean, it's it's right into that. And I yeah. I also want to stress that his book covers like he has a lot of books. Like um, raising giant killers, face to face with God is another one. Which okay, people, if that happened, you would not be on planet Earth. <laughs> okay, yeah. you would. You're dead. You, you can't see him in his glory Congratulations, and yeah. and live to tell. Uh, way. Anyway. And the physics of heaven. So he has all these really great book covers that that look so new age, ed- new age threw up all over it. Like, yeah, but it draws you in kind of reminds me mm-hmm. of like the secret, the book. I don't know if yes. anybody recalls that. I never actually read it, but like, it like draws you in like that yep. and it's using these worldly manners to try to uh, bring people in like a cult.
1: Yes. Exactly. This is the difference. So you you see a cult. What is a cult? What is the definition about that? I did a full series on cults. I can link to that below in the uh, on our blog, um, and that all happened at the same time that I was living next to a Mormon temple. I wrote about um, all the different cults. The difference between a church that is just teaching heresy and a cult is a cult is going to take Christian language. But they don't, uh, they don't agree with the actual orthodoxy. So they're not going to teach the gospel. Mm-hmm. And they're not going to teach the tr- Then Maybe they don't, they don't get the Trinity right. Maybe they don't get Christ right. And that's what the canonic Christ is. Yeah. That is why Bethel has um, become such a danger. So they're, they've now taken the actual Jesus and, and replaced him. Yeah. So if, it's, yeah. if he's just a man, his sacrifice isn't going to save anybody. Um, right. It, it had they, to be God.
0: Yes, like that's—they're like, changing salvation. They're changing yeah, the book, absolutely. and then they don't believe in the book. And then, mm-hmm. gosh, everything's just so made up. And if you yep. watch any of their stuff, I mean, it just looks like a like a Burning Man session that's inside a church.
1: Yes, <laughs> like, it does scarily <laughs> enough. It concerts. does. Mm -hmm. Yes. And like a lot of our our, um, audience on Facebook mentioned, this is very similar to adoptionism. So if you're listening to to this and you're thinking, okay, this sounds like adoptionism, not the canonic Christ. The difference between adoptionism and the canonic Christ is the actual adoption, right? So Mm -hmm. um, in adoptionism, you would believe that Jesus was a regular man, but because he lived a righteous life, God adopted him first. That's not what they're teaching here. They're teaching that Jesus was God, the son but that he set aside his deity, deity. Yep. to come to earth. Yeah. So there's a slight difference.
0: There is. And I've heard Joel Osteen's wife has said this too, like yeah. out there. So it's on YouTube and um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah, not good. So a lot of people, not only Bethel, but it's out there too, just in different forms. So, Oh yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. You'll hear it, but you're not going to hear these things often. And this is one of the things yeah. that I really want to encourage you. If you're listening to this and you're like, okay, I like, Joel Osteen, I like Beth Moore, I like um, Joyce Meyer, I like all of these teachers. I've listened to them for years and I've never heard any of this. That's the problem. 90% of what they're going to be talking about is not going to be these heresies because they don't yes. want this attention. Yeah,
0: it, didn't Costi Hen say that about like Benny Hinn? He could he could share the gospel really well.
1: Yeah. Yep. Even Justin Peters has said that yeah. he's heard Benny Hinn give a gospel presentation better than most Baptist preachers he's met. Like, yeah. it's not that um, some of these people, it, and, and Justin Peters has said this too. It's very helpful. You might have a full glass of water. Mm-hmm. Water is very good for you. You need water to live. But if somebody puts a little drop mm-hmm. of poison, all the water now is poisonous. It doesn't matter that most of it is still good for you. That's what yeah. you're going to see with Joel Osteen. Yeah. Even if you listen, I've listened to, unfortunately, some of Bill Johnson's <laughs> sermons.
0: I, <laughs> I never remember you doing that last week. You're like, oh. I had to watch like five more hours of, of John MacArthur just to like yeah. wash that
1: off. <laughs> oh my gosh. The thing is, this is a five minute clip. Stephen Furtick is like this too. This is what really bothers yes. me. They're not making any sense. Like mm-hmm. it, it's not a flow of conversation. It's not a, it's not a sermon. It's not, right. it's, it's gibberish. They're just up there spitting out whatever comes to their mind that sounds inspirational so you can listen to bill johnson for hours and not understand his his theology
0: yes it's very I, confusing That that is such a good way to put it um because that's how i remember of my former word of faith days it was just this really big concept that's out there and you think you're getting meat and yep. you're really not even getting milk
1: no at exactly. all exactly but they make it yeah. so borderline yeah. that that you can't really can i tell I, I don't know right maybe not maybe so like you saw this yeah. with if you're a listener that listens to cultish they had one of bill johnson's um professors from the school come in and um sort of try to defend bethel and defend and they talk about this canonic um, doctrine. And even though they're pushing this, this man who claimed to have been reformed at one once, once upon a time, they push him on this and they say, but it's in his book. And and it's in this other book where he actually wrote the signature. And the guy's like, well, this is just an unfortunate way of wording yeah. it. But that's not yeah. He didn't mean it like this. It's just unfortunate how, but you guys are still selling the books. So yes. Mm-hmm. You have the ability to take it out and you have it.
0: Yeah, they're not they are not going to call it canonic or a canonic Christ or kenosis. Right. Like they're just not going to put it out that way. It's so mm-hmm. slight. I think there are a couple of the quotes left in here that I actually pulled from their website um, wow. later on in here. So it is in their statement of faith, but it's so slight. It's so mm-hmm. m- minute that you yes. just might not catch it. And um, like mm-hmm. she said, it's that little bit of poison. It's that it's those little foxes. It's the um, little bit of leaven or yep. a little bit of a rotten apple. Like I'm just giving you like just things to mm-hmm. l- listen about. Mm-hmm. It just takes a little bit. Don't yep. um,
1: yeah, play with it. it. Does. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. If you, if you're teaching anybody who is already confused about a canonic Christ, they are not going to understand the gospel. It's, not gonna help. it's not gonna save anybody you're not right you're not teaching the jesus that saves and on that note speaking of a jesus that can't save the next yep. heresy is modalism modalism is one of the oldest heresies the church has seen yes. which is disturbing to me because it's like it's been two thousand years of this being knocked down by orthodox churches and it's still getting taught but our quote for this one is td jake's Take it away, Becca. Uh,
0: There is one God, creator of all things, perfect and eternally existent in three manifestations Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That is a quote that I got straight up from his The Potter's House um, statement of beliefs Mm -hmm. um, on their website as of currently yesterday, which was February 11th, 2020. Mm -hmm. Um, This is a denial of the Trinity. Mm -hmm. Um, So he is saying basically, and this was my understanding when I was back in Word of Faith, that. basically that god flips whenever he wants to come to you you know the holy spirit will come upon you or right now you it's almost like the shack if anybody remembers the shack in yes. the movie and the book like um holy spirit was something god was really papa but it was female like then there there was the carpenter jesus like but they all had a different role of coming to you that's the manifestations that's three separate so they're changing the trinity um but really the trinity is father god and
1: um holy spirit are all one mm-hmm. I, should, yeah. I believe um correctly yes. if I'm no. so what we yes. see about the trinity is it's it's actually three individual person like it's three unique persons mm-hmm. like they've got father the son and father or father son he's god all, the father god yes. the son god the holy spirit okay. but they are one in purpose they are one in yes. um being like they it's are fun. not they're not one living creature that has three different faces. Yes.
0: Like, yes that makes so much more sense because, and like, he's trying to say it like, like God flips whenever he needs to in three separate right. manifestations. Yeah. That. The manifestation is not in the Bible. Okay.
1: Yes, it's not. So stop saying that. No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. I'll slap you with goat. hide. Yeah. Bring it out. It's, this is an interesting one to me because I did I did spend a lot of time in Pentecostal churches. TD Jakes is a oneness Pentecostal. Yeah, oneness Pentecostals are the ones that will teach, and and the problem is this is a okay, so it's a problem, but it's a great thing too. So there's two there's two sides of this. the po- The positive to this is they are open and honest about what they believe. They are right. not trying to slip anything by you. They believe in this. Wholeheartedly and passionately, and they will teach this. And I've been to oneness churches, and it's mentioned in the pulpits very often. This isn't sliding under the door. This isn't—they're just trying to trick you. So this is just genuinely. They believe this is actually biblical. They believe that the um, Catholic Church. Um, put in the Trinity, that it wasn't there beforehand, that this is all heresy that was added. So they believe this and they're honest about it. And I have to give any group that's willing to be honest about their heresy um, extra points, right? Like you, here's your 50 points to Slytherin house because you were able to, (laughs) because at least they're being honest. They're not trying to sweep under the rug, but for TD Jakes, he's not getting any points because he went into the elephant room with um all those different group those different pastors a while back and said that that he did believe the correct view of the Trinity. But his website, like Beck just pointed out, is still teaching the false view. So for anybody so, who might have heard that and thought, okay, well now we can listen to him. No, it, that was I don't uh, know why. Take 50 know points how. from Slytherin. <laughs> no. Take it away. None. Give, give that back. No, none. none for This is very, very important. We understand it's difficult for us as human beings here on this earth to understand God because he is not like us. He's not like anything we have on this earth. There are no others like him. He is unique in in, in out of anything else. He is unique. So we don't have anything to compare him to. One of the things that's very concerning to me is when we use comparisons, they tend to be modalistic. So if you want to talk about like, oh, the egg, right? You've got an egg, it's got a shell, it's got, you know, it's got an inside, it's got these different parts, but it's still one egg. that yeah. Those are not good examples of the Trinity. So I have actually had to stop trying to explain the Trinity. Like we hear shamrocks, things like that. Like these, right, these are all right. things that people have have given as examples. Those are not Good examples. There is no good example. So when we try to explain the Trinity, we need to just stick with Scripture, mm-hmm. and and that's it. Just don't don't veer from Scripture. Don't veer from what we understand about about Trinity in Scripture. And don't, and don't compare him. Yeah, don't yeah. Don't watch the shack. And make sure that you are paying close attention because modalism is it's a very attractive view.
0: Yeah, because I would
1: say this is definitely mainstream. Yes, yeah, scripture. most people don't realize they're teaching it when they're teaching it. Doctor James White has said that if he spends enough time alone with somebody, he can t- he can have them talking like a modalist by just asking questions about Scripture. Like because so wow. few people actually understand the Trinity that he can like twist somebody around. But then he says, anytime he does that, he also stops and he, he teaches them the right way to understand it. Nice. But that it has helped me to take this a little bit more seriously. I think when we, when we give examples like um, eggs and things like that, which I've done. So if you're, if you're listening, you're like, Oh no, but I've, I've done that too. And I, I really have to repent and make sure that I take the Trinity more seriously because comparing them to anything on earth, it's a lot like the Jen Wilkins comparison to our periods as the Crucifixion. These are um, things that we cannot compare to earthly things.
0: Like, I know. And this one's earthly so thing. like that quote is so slight. Mm-hmm. I've had people like that sounds pretty accurate. And I'd be right. like, well, he, the, the, you know,
1: he's he not manifesting as anything. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. The he's whole, not doing it. In Holy one. spirit has
1: always uplifting. been the Holy spirit. Yeah. yeah. The Holy Spirit doesn't have to manifest anything. God is in this, and this affects other attributes of God. God is eternal. He is um, omnipotent, omniscient. He's omnipresent. So if he's having to manifest himself in different situations, then he can't be omnipresent. Besides the fact that we see Jesus, God, the son praying Mm -hmm. to God, the father, while the Holy spirit, God, the Holy spirit is coming down on him Mm -hmm. in his baptism. So that alone, it's like, it's like just, no. no
0: yeah seriously but that reminds me of the name not the name that heresy but the reformed terms that we did that episode like we we broke down certain ones one. we should do one like this because that manifestations where it should be really um should stand out for everybody as a red flag um in this particular quote
1: a thing that like when we're talking about these words manifestation all these different things that it's really important for us to make sure that we're using our terms correctly so i think that's a really good point we could totally do a full episode about these like heretical terms.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's a good idea. This yeah. is, they, do get, they get confused.
0: They do. Yeah. That, that's a good one in that one.
1: And the next yeah. one too. Yeah. I was just going to say the next one is one of those that gets confused with other doctrines because of um, words not being properly, properly explained. Yes. Oh, but I wanted to say real quick before we move on, on from the modalism thing that if you want to describe to somebody, the Holy spirit use that verse that I just quoted where you have Jesus and he's the, the father speaks, God, the father speaks, God, the Holy spirit comes down. God, the son is being baptized. So that's the picture of the Trinity. We see all three of these forms.
0: Now there, the next one is seven mountain mandate or dominionism or dominion doctrine. Um, this quote we picked was from a uh, Dr. James Kennedy. Um, he was reformed. Um, I guess later towards the end, he got more political and that's what connects with this one. It's really interesting. And his quote was, um, our God is to reclaim America for Christ, whatever the cost as the vice um, regents of God, we are to exercise godly dominion and influence over our neighborhoods, our schools, our government, our literature and arts, our sports arenas, our entertainment media, our news media, our scientific endeavors, in short, over every aspect and institution of human society. He said this at a conference back in 2005, and, um, and I've heard it before, too. Did you believe this back in where you heard it? Did you hear it when you Word of faith days?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. yeah this was did. a big one. This was a big one. Absolutely. I was very political too, so I think this is probably why I was so political. But I was really sad whenever I heard that um, a lot of people when we, when we posted this particular quote, they listened to Dr. Kennedy. They they respected him. They they you know he was one of their favorite teachers or whatnot things to that nature. They were very shocked by this, and so um, I was surprised too. Whenever one of our listeners posted it, they were just genuinely genuinely heartbroken when they saw that he had actually like linked arms with ihop i thought whoa okay we we're gonna have to like really do some more digging because that was it, that's that's pretty that's pretty sad to see anybody that yeah would be- and it was
0: like he said this really close to the end of his life like it just shifted mm-hmm. for him within the last few years he he said this back in 2005 and he died in 2007 um so i'm not 100 percent sure about his work prior to that but i think it would probably be Pretty along the reform lines of understanding. Um, just this was like a slight turn. I'm trying to think. This was shortly after 2001, um, 9/11, uh, 2005. We were heavily in um, war in yeah. Iraq and Iran, and um, and we were very political. That was like it just instantly from 2001. We just instantly became a very um, political sphere of direction as as a country and so i i'm not too surprised that he kind of went with this i don't know if he held the same views of it um it sounds like it just from reading that but the people that originally came up with it i forgot the guy's name he who started four square churches him and his friend came they had a dream and that's how they came up with this so even the the start of this um dominionism theory um theology comes from a dream which we've heard from like Mormonism. So anything that starts with a dream, that should be a really big red flag there too.
1: I'm so thankful that you mentioned that too. It's important to understand what's happening at the time. Whenever people are slipping right now, a lot of the uh, people that we see slipping away from Orthodox doctrine, they're doing so because of the pressure that they're feeling about social justice, about, um, um, like the LGBT community, yes, things of that, of that nature. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that's, that's the big thing right now. And so at the time, the big thing was nine eleven had happened. Our country is being attacked. You've got people saying that this is happening because of, um, America's, we're losing our Christianity. And so now God is allowing judgment to befall mm-hmm. us. And so it was a big political time at that, like at that point, just a few years later in 2008, we would have the, um, crash of the markets. And that is whenever I became political, whenever the markets crashed and I was working in downtown Dallas and I'm seeing people throw themselves into monorail tracks because they've no. lost everything. Stock market. Oh. I wanted to understand politics better. The, um, the first Obama administration was the, was the, um, first time I was legally old enough to vote for a mm-hmm. president. Um, and I, of course did not vote for him, but um we we as like a nation, were moving towards politics quite a bit more. and our churches, a lot of them were also doing the same. You see that with like Robert Jeffries. you see that with Franklin Graham. They're very politically motivated. they are, yeah, not to like um not to the point where they're just preaching about politics, but that they are involved in politics like mm-hmm. look at our white house right now it's it's got Paula White in it, and we're seeing a lot of these I think Robert Jeffries even was invited and um things to that nature and so it's not a surprise that we see this, but the reason it's important important for us to point out is that um the idea behind dominionism and and maybe he didn't understand this before he died, right. maybe he was just picking this. I don't know, I right. don't know this definitely doesn't say mean that he was not saved. it just means right. that he was teaching a doctrine at the end of his life that was not biblically orthodox. Mm-hmm. The idea behind the seven Mountain mandate is that we will make Christ return faster, yeah, so,
0: yeah, so they believe that there's a curse mm-hmm. like the the curse that that was a part of the fall, and that we can partner with God to bring heaven to earth and uplift the curse over territories, over spheres, over the seven mountains, like education, media, government, all of that. And uh, you won't find that in scripture.
1: (laughs) They try, though. They do. They try to. I mean, anybody can pull certain scriptures and make the Bible say anything. I love to do this with um, atheists whenever I'm talking to them. I'll say, well, you know scripture actually says that God doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. And I'll point them over to the Psalm that says, only the fool says in his heart that God does not exist. (laughs) But I've cherry picked a portion of that scripture. I've said, you know, scripture says this, anybody can do that. And as long as you can fool enough people to pay your tithes with, then you you're going to be fine. But the scripture does not ever at any point suggest that you and I as believers can make Manipulate or bribe God into doing anything. Right. His timing is His timing. That's not to say that we shouldn't be a part of our society. We don't want to just like check out and say, okay, well, this is none of my concern. I'm not worried about any of this. Um, we're we're in this world. We're not of this world, but we are here. And while we're here, we need to be sharing the gospel with as many people as we can. If you want to know what is going to change your community, it's the gospel. If 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 you really want to stop abortion, the women killing their own children and the doctors killing babies need to hear the gospel. Yes. That's why we see, and I really want to um, give a shout out to Meg here at this point, Meg just lost her baby. She just, she just lost her beautiful, precious um, Everly. Uh, She was pregnant and unfortunately the baby was stillborn. She sent me a message that said she was going to use Everly's life for the glory of God by going with more passion to the abortion mills to share the gospel with these women. Um. So here is a woman who has lost a baby and she understands the hurt and the pain of that. And she's going to use it for God's glory by sharing the gospel. That is how we make a difference. But you can share the gospel with every single person on earth and it's not going to force God into doing anything. You can share the gospel with every single person you meet and that person, none of those people are going to get saved unless it's God's will and his sovereign purpose to save them. That's all. Yeah. Yeah, I
0: recall. When we were learning about it, too, it was almost like because um, they were starting to let people know, hey, you can't not everybody can just go into ministry. like. Right. And so they were like, here's all these seven different mountains. So you need to find out which one you're a part of. So right. it almost gets into that, like um, those personality tests or something. Yes. I'm, in, I'm in this arts <sighs> one or maybe you have two or that's what it was nice. like when I was learning about it. Did you read a book? Because I read Lance um, While Now's Invading Babylon, the Seven Mountain Mandate.
1: Oh my Back goodness. The day. Yes. No, I never read any books. I just About it. I never read like anything theological or heretical. Yeah, and, like. the,
0: and the goal is to get like to the top of these mm-hmm. mountains or spheres like entertainment. But you got to go all the way, whatever, whatever you're gifted in. Right. And, and
1: yeah, there's another cult, too, just in case you were wondering. Listeners, there's a cult that does this. There's a cult that started this. There's a cult that teaches this, and it's the Mormons, and they do this. This is a part of what they do. Their goal is to get people in in government and politics. This is a part of what their purpose is, so that they can have different. They have different reasons for all of it. But yeah, like they want to make sure that that they're um putting their leaders like Mitt Romney into. And it's not a conspiracy. This is a part of their teaching. This is a part of what they believe leave they need to be um yeah like dem- dominionism basically it's just their version of it and so yeah. this does come from somebody else these are not new ideas that is there anything wrong with a godly christian reformed man becoming president of course not who would not vote for john MacArthur? <laughs> yeah. like right seriously? we gotta vote for john or like the vote for right. <laughs> vote for john <laughs> write his name on in there no, no. no. I'm not saying that that's bad. The goal behind it is what's wrong. The goal behind it is what's yes. heretical. So for yeah. you to split up the church into seven different groups and say, now everybody go out and try to lead in each of these groups. It's yes. not, it's not what we're called as, as believers. It's not. And
0: then they believe they have all that when heaven invades earth, they're trying to bring yeah. heaven down. That's what uh, I would call it yeah. people. Don't, no. It doesn't no. work like that. <laughs>
1: That's not how any of this works. Okay, number five, our next heresy that we talked about is selfism or narcissism. I'm really thankful that this was addressed that we were able to talk about this because I don't think, I, I know everybody mentioned narcissism, but there was only a couple of our listeners that actually named it. What it actually is is selfism. Selfism is a heretical, um, her, it's a heretical teaching that does go back hundreds upon hundreds of years. And it so does. This, yeah, this is an old heresy. It's never going to die because it's what everybody wants to hear so our quote for this one is steven furtick of course he is the top dog as long as far as like selfism goes see if you can keep up with this because you're about to hear exactly what i meant earlier about how it makes no sense come on i need you to receive this Mm. Mm. receiving receiving because you have some stuff flying at you you have some doubts in your soul. They're flying those doubts. are flying in your soul. But stay behind your shield. Come on, duck, David. Get behind your shield. Paul said it's the shield of faith. Anybody shielded by the power of God? If, if I stay behind my shield, Saul cannot kill what God has crowned. I got the winning hand. I might not look like much. Well, I don't know. That $5,000 suit doesn't look just like too terribly shabby. Oh, snap. I might just be a shepherd boy. Or a hireling. (laughs) But I have a winning hand, and God is my shield. This is selfism. This is not christianity at all yeah it's not it's not
0: i can't stand listening to him even when i was word of faith i couldn't listen to him Mm -hmm. it's all it's like you said it's it's all about self i know um narcissus is named after narcissus his uh i don't know if it was a greek god it was a greek figure of some sort who fell in love with his own reflection um in the pool of water
1: yeah, exactly. I think he had
0: a valley or something because he was so yeah. infatuated with himself. And I feel like, like if that if there was probably like a picture of Stephen Furtick right next to that, like
1: yes, it would make a lot of sense. That is definitely this is okay. So I know I read that like with a little bit of extra pizzazz, but this is important. This is one of the things that is um, it should be okay. We see Elijah in the Old Testament. I'm just going to give you a biblical precedence for this, and he is mocking the false prophets. He's mocking them. He actually says, where's your God? Is he taking a bathroom break? Maybe he's relieving himself. So at some point for these guys, there is a point where it's so ridiculous that it needs Mm -hmm. to be mocked. This is the point. That I'm like, okay, this needs to be mocked. Selfism is the most dangerous of all the heresies that we're going to list today. Selfism is dangerous because it doesn't have any aspect of Christianity. He's mentioning Christian words. He's talking about David. He's talking about Saul. It doesn't have any, any theological grounding whatsoever. You're not going to hear anything. There's no water cup of anything else. It's just straight poison. All it is, is about you. It's about yourself. It's about you feeling motivated It's about You feeling yes. great. Why is that so dangerous? Because salvation comes from humility. When you, mm-hmm. when God humbles you by giving you an understanding of your sin and you are able to repent, that is, that is the point Gosh. of salvation. Thank you
0: so much for saying that. Right, like, if you, I'm just sitting, remembering like word of faith days, like you're sitting there and you think you're getting meat. Mm-hmm. And you're not even getting milk yep. and you, just hearing you say about like salvation, it's a it's humility, just makes me yep. want to cry.
1: I know that it's hard for, um uh, for a lost person to mm-hmm. understand, um, not hard, impossible. Okay. It's impossible. So I want to point to the fact that the humility and the brokenness that a new believer is going to feel isn't from themselves. God gives that as a gift and he uses his word to bring the salvation of man. And he uses the foolishness of man through pastors and and preachers and those that are sharing the gospel. Those are the means of salvation that he uses. And you're going to feel humble. You're going to feel broken. You're going to be broken over your sin. You're going to realize that you are wretched and, and sinful and wicked and that you don't deserve salvation. You don't deserve forgiveness. That's the opposite of what. Stephen Furtick and everybody else teaching selfism is teaching. Some pastors teach a little bit of selfism and then they go back to actual biblical stuff. That's not what Stephen ferdict and his church is doing. It's 100% selfism. That's yes. all it is.
0: I know, you know, it was actually really hard to find um, where this quote was. It was, it's just from an actual sermon of his, but it was hard to find it. Cause I think they, I think it's called, a sponged or something like you're sponging the internet Mm -hmm. somehow their their church has probably paid people to go through google to put it like way far into the google search that you can't even find it Mm -hmm. so but i'm just guessing maybe i I don't know if that i can say that
1: no that's a real thing like Mm -hmm. we're we're thinking yeah like I, i noticed this too whenever i was trying to research some of them not all of them but some of the bigger ones some of the more um some of the ones that are more concerned about their image, they're more difficult to find these quotes. But what you'll see for the first like fifteen pages of Google yes, is all yeah. the, good stuff that, the good stuff that they've done, and then yeah. like eventually you get to that last bit. But another like really important thing to point out is um, when you see when you see people like this, they're very uh, nar- narci- 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 narcissistic. Yeah, I know. Okay. Yeah, again, they're that narcissist. Yeah, they all are, and they have purchased purchased with money given to them through tithes fake followers online and I believe Stephen verdict yeah. has like 30 to 50 Twitter followers are fake
0: wow yep I know and that means that's a lot to be a member you have to like sign a confidentiality like agreement
1: oh that's weird yeah so we also see um there are a few other people that have a similar style um Joel Osteen teaches selfism. He's not teaching scripture. He doesn't believe that lost people are going to be in hell. He believes that if you're Hindu, if you're Muslim, whatever it is that you are, as long as your heart is genuine, that you're going to be saved. Another particular um, figure in the news quite often that is also teaching something very similar to selfism is actually the Pope. The new Pope is teaching that even if you're an atheist, God is going to um, judge your heart so that is why self selfism is so dangerous. It's not going to teach the gospel. It's going to lift you up. It's going to boast your, your flesh. And bo- like flesh that's puffed up, yes. how do you get through that? You know, like yes. which, you have all your idols in front of you and yes. is coming down. And he's
0: like, what's all this gold? <laughs> what are you guys what, doing? What are you doing? What are that you doing? Is- That is what all these churches that we've all mentioned, what they're doing. They are creating idols Mm -hmm. for themselves, and they have changed the gospel, and they have left the gospel. They are brothers and sisters that are, they are, I guess what I'm trying to say, they're not brothers and sisters in Christ. They're false Mm -hmm. converts, and we can't be assurance of their faith. We cannot give them assurance of their faith. Yes, that that is so...
1: That's so important. I'm glad that you mentioned that. That is something that somebody brought up with me um, just just a couple of days ago, Mm -hmm. that um, it's not our job to judge people's um, salvation. And so um, I actually was able to point to some scriptures that were really hopefully very helpful about how it is literally our job to warn against these these preachers, these um, false teachers, and to say, listen, um, we can judge the fruit. We can see, and we need to have nothing to do with it with these with these kind of people who are um, calling themselves brothers and sisters right. in Christ. Yeah. and Paul actually says,
0: "Isn't there one with the judge? Not one, isn't it?" The interpretation is not.
1: Um, yeah, they're, well, we're judge, not reading hypo- the whole
0: the whole thing. It's it's just yeah. being. Don't be a hypocrite.
1: Right. So this is what I was hoping to get to. This is really important. First Corinthians, um, chapter five, verse 12, for what have I to do with judging outsiders? Is it not those inside the church whom you are to judge? That is so helpful. So when you hear what Paul is saying, a lot of people will take these verses in that particular chapter and they'll say, see, I'm not supposed to judge. It's not, it's not me. Because before that he's talking about, you know, who we judge and who we don't judge. Anyone who's claiming to be a Christian, who's claiming to be a professing Christian, which Stephen Furtick is, Joel Osteen is, Joyce Myers is, these are people claiming to be professing Christians. Those are the ones that we are supposed to be looking at. Outside people that are not professing Christians, their judgment is coming from God. And we already know they're not professing Christians. We don't need to... Look into their fruit. It's not there. They are not growing any fruit. They've not been grafted in. These people who claim to be grafted in, those are the ones that we are supposed to be looking into. We are supposed to be judging whether or not they are genuine believers, whether or not they are actually saved. And we can't, like Becca said, we cannot give false assurance. We can't. That is something we are commanded not to do. That's not our place. That's not our job. Assurance comes through um, God and through scripture. Yeah. But these these people who are lost in these these groups, yes. if you're just ignore that. I feel like that is in a sense.
0: Yeah. Being silent is an answer or being, it's being silent in a time of seeing a lost, you know, sheep out there. Uh, We, we should be sharing the word, sharing the gospel, be praying for them. We should be treating them as unbelievers.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So
0: they need to hear the gospel because they have have some, they have a false idol.
1: Yes. And somebody loved us enough. Mm -hmm to do that. And it's not loving to ignore somebody who's walking, marching straight into hell. That's not loving. If you, if you saw them marching off a cliff, you would not stand silent and say, well, maybe they know what they're doing. Yes. I love that.
0: I love that analogy. And I love too. like, so someone posted a Justin Peters, like, you know, um, YouTube video and that's how I heard it. And Justin wasn't even the one that posted it. Mm-hmm. Had nothing to do with him. It was their church. Someone recorded it. Someone posted it. And then for Lauren, someone sent it to her of Paul Washer talking, and that's how she heard it. So, um, we still have to share the gospel. the The sheep are still out there, yep. and uh, we just gotta keep sharing. And so, if it, I just want to encourage people: if you're wanting to send something to someone, I, I hope that you could see that Lauren and I we have fruit in our lives to um be a source of encouragement to people that are thinking that are maybe nervous about sharing with a friend or family member Mm -hmm. um that we are fruit of that
1: right who the, the fact that that person that posted that video of you or not of you but of justin peters that you saw they'll never know I know.
0: I thought about like reaching out to them. It's like a church in Mm -hmm. in Norway or Iceland somewhere. I love that idea.
1: You should totally do that. I did. I was actually able that the the next, like over the next few days to tell the person that sent me the Paul washer quote, what had happened in my life. And that was really, I was so thankful for that, but I don't know who they are. And I can't remember their name now, but so um, this is important. This is really important for us to focus on, make sure that you're not expecting these people to take it like Becca and I did especially right. if you know them or they're related that that they might not but it may happen down the road it may happen like tammy and gina the writers of Nar- um through the narrow where it took a couple of years but it did eventually happen you're going to see that fruit the last the very last and we saved the best for last because this one <sighs> this one mm. the word
0: makes me think macaroon Macaroni. (laughs) Macaroni. (laughs) Marcionism.
1: Marcionism is the last heresy that we want to talk about today. The reason I'm thankful that this one is last is because it actually sums up why and how we can avoid these heresies. And that's important. We want to make sure that we don't fall for heresies. There's a lot of them. We've only covered six, there's a lot of them. But Mm -hmm. when we get done reading this one, I'll explain why this helps us. So go for it, Becca. Yes. Sure.
0: This is a quote by um, Andy Stanley. Uh, Jesus's new covenant, his covenant with the nations, his covenant with you, his covenant with us, can stand on its own two-nails, scarred resurrection feet. It does not need propping up by the Jewish scriptures. And I was looking into this too. So it's, tell me if I'm wrong, but it's basically like he's wanting to divorce Christianity from the old Testament. Right.
1: Which is insane. Right. He uses the word unhitched. He says he wants to unhitch today from the old Testament. He doesn't like to use even the word Bible. He'll say like they, you know, back then they weren't reading the Bible. Um, and I'm like, um, they were, and he even has said that most of these men that we read about in the new Testament weren't, they were, that they were all illiterate that illiteracy was high back then. And I'm like, that is a flat out lie. That's just, wow, it, it he might as well be Rob Bell to me right now. Okay. Seriously. Yeah. Blasphemy. Maybe he doesn't really know. Blasphemy. Blasphemy. Maybe he doesn't know he's lying about it. Maybe he just hasn't looked into it, but like, um, no, the Jewish people were not illiterate. They, they valued and the Roman people of the time, they valued knowledge. It was yes. not, if you, yeah, there's not much to do back then, people. There was no Netflix. Yes. There, but- Hello? Are you kidding me? Like, we're seeing in throughout history people who were slaves writing, I mean, like back yes. then, writing yes. letters and stuff. That was part of their servitude. They would mm-hmm. copy whatever their masters wanted them to write and send it out. You're going to say that they were illiterate? That's nonsense. It's absolutely exactly. lying about these things. Yeah. But why is this so heretical and so important? Listeners, if you don't have Adam from the Old Testament, you don't need Jesus, Jesus. Yep. in the New Testament. There has yeah. to be a fall.
0: Yeah. Isn't there like a, there's like a picture of me. Maybe I can find it, send it to you to put your or put it on your side too. Because it's like, <laughs> because it's the whole, the, the whole Bible, it's like this, it's a picture of a Bible open and everything is pointing up and it's all about Christ. And I love that analogy that everything connects. That we needed Christ. He is not a Plan B. And the Old Testament is just as important as the New Testament. Um, in understanding about Jesus, I even saw a Charisma, um, Char- Charisma news, which I'm not a fan of. Do not take this as like Becca's approving of them. But even right. uh, Dr. Michael Brown did not agree with this. This right. is how heretical it is.
1: Yeah, like that's pretty low on on the yeah, totem pole there. <laughs> yes. Um but I'm thankful. I'm thankful that he he even said that. Um mm-hmm. I'm I'm not in agreement whatsoever with Dr. Brown, but I am thankful that he said that. Also, yeah, don't read don't read <laughs> charism-
0: charisma <laughs> charism- 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 charismatic Charisma Charismatic
1: stuff. The reason this is important, the reason why I was thankful this was last is that to um to get you to a point where you can agree with falsehood with Um, heresy you have to unhitch from the Bible you have to and that's what Andy Stanley is is suggesting and Marcion was a very fascinating figure of the old like of the not the Old Testament was a very fascinating figure of the early church He had a lot of money he came in he was apparently very attractive he seduced a lot of the women and and he taught a lot of wonky stuff but part of the things that he taught was that the Old Testament God was angry And Jesus came to save us from the Old Testament God. And so Andy Stanley isn't teaching flat out Marcionism. But he is teaching a portion of Marcionism. He's teaching a section of Marcionism that should not be ever taught in a actual physical church. If you want to unhitch from the Old Testament, it's probably because there's a sin that you want to commit that's back there listed in the Old Testament. But ironically enough, a lot of these these teachers will say, oh, that's Old Testament. It's not New Testament. Mm -hmm. They say that even if they are not in agreement with um, Andy Stanley until they need that quote from the old testament the I one that
0: know. yeah one. i know the the tithing one <laughs> yes yeah they always they never want to like talk about old testament stuff but they do if it's like tithing your david your esther like some highlights of it but mm-hmm. i'd like to remind people that paul and jesus both quoted the old testament you know, yes absolutely, absolutely.
1: Mm-hmm. most I, I don't think there's a new testament book that doesn't have quotes from the old testament um What did they, what were they reading at the time? What was Jesus quoting from? Like, if you listen to Jesus's words, and I found this really fascinating when I got saved. I didn't know this as a non-believer, but whenever God graciously saved me in 2015, I noticed as I was reading through my, through my Bible that the quotes were everywhere. It's, it's like nonstop. They're quoting the old Testament. Like it's, it's every other word they're, they're. Picking little portions of it, and they're and they're incorporating it into their sentences. That was a form of speech back then. Right. That was a form of speech all the way up until like a couple of hundred years ago. If you right. go back and you read people like Shakespeare, pe- men men who are just not devout Christians whatsoever, their forms of speech still included scripture. Like yeah, it does. They knew it a lot better than we do now. And so they talk with it. And even though it's today, if you were to quote from it, that would be sort of different and interesting and maybe people wouldn't even notice, but we still see it in a small form today. People will say things about like the golden rule. Um, The golden rule is scripture. It's do unto others as you would have them do to yourself. Most people don't realize that that's a scripture. (laughs) So um, they are quoting from the Old Testament nonstop. The Old Testament is a part of scripture. It's a part of canon. The Holy Spirit. Spirit laid that down. We do not unhitch. I feel like we could even use like the verse that says what where Jesus says what God has, what God has um, brought together. Let no man separate. God brought the New Testament and the Old Testament together. We are commanded in Scripture that we will not change a word of this book. Like, yes, I think they're they're, right. I was just about to say that. I was like, they don't want to deal with like the
0: plagues and the wrath in the Old Testament. But the, the thing is that you cannot understand the wrath and understand love that comes in the new Testament under grace and from Jesus. Mm -hmm. Like
1: it's insane that they want to (laughs) delete like most of the Bible. It's crazy. And to think that this, this particular person is teaching this, and is still teaching this and he defended himself and he's not backing down. And even though he's like, pretended like this wasn't what everybody was taking it. He's still teaching the same exact things. It's not stopped. It's not been repented of, but if you don't understand wrath, you don't understand love. If you have somebody that you love, like for instance, I love my husband. Um, he's my best friend. I love him with all my heart. And last night, somebody texted us that there was something really ugly said about him. And my, my wrath <laughs> was <laughs> kindled. Would Aww. I care if this happened to a stranger? Probably right. not. Like I might be like, Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. But like, would my wrath be kindled? No, because to love necess- ne- necess- necessitates hate. Like, um, Paul Washer will explain, if you love babies, you hate abortion. If you love the Jews, you hate the Holocaust. So to think that you can do away with wrath, not to mention the fact that there's wrath all over the new Testament. This is nonsense to think that it's not Have you right, yeah. ever read revelation. Like what do you mean?
0: <laughs> Boom, mic drop. Yeah. Walk away. Walk away. See what happens.
1: This is super important just to make sure that we, um, that we, really focus on the scriptures in general. You yeah. don't want to ever unhitch. That's how we avoid these heresies. Yes,
0: unhitched, yeah. That's a good like um that's a good word to put in when we do um defining uh heretical terms, I guess if yeah. the name of the future episode. But yeah, yeah, like it this sounds like a um they are not uh they don't believe in the sufficiency of scripture. Meaning right. they don't believe um uh that it's infallible that it's, it's right. cool it's completely inspired by god um so they don't have that foundation and again when someone kind of starts he's gearing towards that way you just keep leaning left you just yes. keep going and yeah we should be and you talk
1: these. about that um mm-hmm. point yes that's right we should be praying for these false teachers. Okay. i'm glad you mentioned that um you've 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 talked about this, and maybe you can um talk about this a little bit real quickly before we uh, move on to our shenanigans that when you were uh, before you were saved, you weren't moving closer to scripture. you were moving yeah. further and further away. so um address that real quick for our listeners Absolutely. Understand you're saying this from experience
0: i wa- yeah, seriously, so up until becoming reformed, um I was just more and more getting into every wave of new new doctrine that I would hear, false anything like whatever. That, um, I think I, just a, just several years ago, I mean, I was, I was becoming accept, accepting of gay marriage, but I was taking like looking at scripture when it ever talked about homosexuality and going, Oh, that's just for the Old Testament. Oh, that's just for mm-hmm. the New Testament. That's not for us today, just the same as like women teaching. I'm like, Oh, that's just in context for back then. Right. Um, that's not in a 21st century um, mentality now. Um, so there was no sufficiency of scripture. Um, I was getting to a point where then I was hearing from my friends about um, universalism and understanding that I thought what hell was um, just a refinery, like somewhere where, where you do go if you don't believe in this life, and then it will refine you so you can um, be right. purified and go to heaven. Um, because you're just always immersed in God of love. God is love. God is good. Right. I think Bill Johnson has a new book called God is Good. And um, so it's only focusing on the good things, and uh, and again, all of this just all the whole thing that we've been going through is a um, insufficiency of scripture.
1: Insufficiency. Right, it is. It really is. That that solves all of this. And um, I think right now, I, I don't know about whenever this could, it might it might be a few episodes back. By the time this mm-hmm. comes out, um, but the women at the table are going through a really yes. helpful like um series on on hell and they just did a thing about um annihilism i think or universalism one of those two that was really Mm -hmm. helpful for me and i was trying to remember the name of these guys so that i could could talk about it i think it's like good not good miracle morning but good
0: good mythical morning were they referencing them good mythical
1: morning mythical morning good mythical morning okay um I guess one of the guys in Good Mythical Morning is totally apost apostatized. It's like a big plate of apostasy. I
0: heard. I heard that they are they are the they were they worked on Veggie Tales back in the yeah,
1: day. They did, right? They really did. Oh my gosh! And I guess he slipped into universalism. That was that was where it happened. He's
0: wow! Like, mm-hmm.
1: But i not and he said, Right? Me neither. If you don't believe in the sufficiency of Scripture, but apparently he was like reformed.
0: Ah. Yeah, that's what it sounds like so many people like think's been reformed and then they, you know, it, universal is out there. And I was learning about universalism from like people that are connected in some fashion to like
1: um baffle. Yeah, because that's really popular. It's really yeah, it's really popular. popular. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's enough um really tough stuff for today. Hopefully this has helped um edify you guys and educate you in some of these different things. If you have any questions, you can send them to us. We have all of our information to the sides. Yeah. Of a, Over here. Yes. And my little bee. Your little bumblebee. <laughs> I love it. So you can reach us if you have any questions about this, if you want to get a hold of us. But for now, shenanigans. Shenanigans. Okay. I totally don't have one ready, but nice. I'm thinking
0: of one right now. Why don't you go first?
1: Okay. I'll totally I'll go think first. Of one. Okay. 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 So there I are a lot comma. of... <laughs> Always gonna tease you now. It has eight commas in it and five apostrophes. I don't know what apostrophe does, but okay. So, my shenanigan question for you today is actually if there's a creature in the ocean that you would most like to be or least like to be, and do you think that mermaids were ever a real thing, but they were just really ugly and weird looking and now they look beautiful on our thingies? oh my calm gosh calm. that's calm. so
0: good that's funny because I remember watching like a documentation Do you remember a documentary why am I saying documentary
1: I love documentary. documentaries. <laughs> documentaries are my favorite yeah it turned out to be fake it was yeah like yeah the, the mermaid one
0: it was so like I was believing it when I was watching it because my little heart like
1: wanted to believe it. yeah I love yes. the little
0: mermaid that I was totally know. me that's so interesting I don't know I wouldn't, I don't know. But then there's like, you know, Minotaurs and and stuff in Greek too. Mm
1: -hmm. That's
0: true. I don't think so. (laughs) What about you?
1: I don't think so. I think that probably what has been seen or or viewed has just been seen through like um, a really far distance. Or maybe men have been out to sea too long and they haven't gotten enough vitamin C. They're getting scurvy, things to that nature. But Yeah, no, I don't think so. But I know what creature I would want to be. If I could pick a creature of the ocean, I would want to be a narwhal because I want to be a unicorn. (laughs) Narwhal, narwhal, living in the ocean. Goodbye, Mr. Narwhal. Is that what he says? Bye. Bye, buddy. Hope you find your dad. (laughs) Yes! What about you? Which creature would you be, be, be any? Oh, if I could be. Okay. any
0: in the sea? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, I loved Wells. You know what? Back in the
1: nineties, uh, I loved Free Willy. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> love oh, Reason God. Free Willy. I love that too. Oh, I love it yes. so much. I had the yeah. book even. I never read it but I even had the yeah. book.
0: Oh, really? I didn't know there was a book. And SeaWorld was like really big back, like when we were younger and it's getting like not so now now that that they're finding all the stuff about captivity and like what it does to these animals.
1: Yeah, it's not Especially it's this. not as popular anymore now. After God. that one guy got killed by the the killer I, whale, and mm-hmm. that was not good. That was that's, scary. A, that's
0: what happens when you contain
1: a non domestic animal in like a little like fishbowl. Like a little fishbowl. I know they said that it was like playing with him, like mm-hmm. it would play with another killer whale. They don't know that we can't breathe water. They're animals. Like, they're they're fish. They have no idea. Mammals, whatever it is. But, yeah, whales, that's a yeah. good one. Whales. Would you want to Take- be, like, one of the big ones? Yes. Like, whatever the biggest
0: whale would be, that's what I'm going to do. And you know what the whales do, like, all day? They just, like, have their mouth open and just constantly <sighs> eating. Eat. Always. They eat. I love it. And they don't care about gaining weight. They're, like, 90% blubber.
1: You know? Yes. And I love it. floating. There's being a whale.
0: Yeah. And they have some whales. really
1: really fascinating cool things about them too. Like um when they are feeding their babies, the milk comes out in a fountain. And like yeah, so it's kind of like interesting how how the mama this. whales feed. It's really neat and like their their milk is supposed to be like the most nutritious um milk because it's so full of fat. <laughs>
0: interesting
1: i know i love it i learned all about that in a in a homeschooling book that we read with kaylee but your turn your okay weekend. so this will
0: also be for the audience okay i don't i don't think our brothers in christ <laughs> will like this one as much but i have done i have i've been like we did star wars versus star trek i've also done back to the future so reign it true. in rain this in okay um right. this is for the ladies but feel free guys <laughs> Vote if you want to. Uh,
1: little Mermaid or Beauty and the Beast? Ooh, I bet there are some guys that could vote for that. Yeah. Like when they were little, Little Mermaid yeah. is the first movie I ever saw, but I was a little, little baby and I fell asleep. So I, I don't remember it. But if I had to pick between Little Mermaid and Beauty and the Beast, it's a lot harder than. I know. I'm Isn't gonna, it hard? Because I loved Which Little one? Mermaid. I loved mean? Little Mermaid, but I'm still going to have to go with Beauty and the Beast. Yeah,
0: me too. Me too. I went to go see it when it originally came out. Aww. It was the first movie I went to go see. I still remember being on the edge of my seat.
1: I know, and, right? Like, the whole thing. The first like brunette princess growing yes. up. I was like, yes, there's another brunette princess out there. But I bet you if the guys have to pick, I, I wonder like which yeah. one they're going to pick. Because neither one of these are all that mushy-gushy. You know, like it's right. not like yeah, it's
0: not, hitting, like that. Like Cinderella and yeah, Beauty yeah. where there's a lot of dancing scenes
1: and that kind of thing. Yeah, right. And I think for Beauty and the Beast in particular, Beauty isn't even – she's not even looking for a prince. Like that's not even her goal.
0: Yeah. So she's. Not- I know. She's kind of She's kind of a feminist, but it's like really sweet the way that they handle yeah. it. I'm sad how they kind of handled the newer one.
1: Right, yeah. I don't um, think they did it justice. Yeah, it didn't I feel loving. Yeah, I – don't like it when they take movies, they're redoing them, and then they switch it into a new time frame. Right. It doesn't feel like they've stuck true to the time frame that it was recorded in. So I feel like if they had really tried to stick, make the characters behave the way they would have behaved in yeah. that time. In don't that time. don't give them today's viewpoints. That's not right. that's not accurate. So yeah. gosh, Disney. Stop. I know. You, have, this.
0: It, you don't have to pay for a script. <laughs> like You just, you replicate Here right. you, you go. Right in. Replicate it. Yeah. Something that, but you know what? The animation doesn't translate very well when you try to make it look more realistic. So 2D right. animation, they can get away with eyes being bigger and mouths being bigger and weird proportions, but they can't do that mm-hmm. when they transition to 3D and they look right. realistic and it's actually kind of creepy. It's that it uncanny is. valley look that you hear people
1: describe them. Yes. There's an there's a portion like there's this one scene in Frozen where she's it's on it, she's fixing to turn to ice and she's sitting on the couch and um she's trying to convince han to kiss her. I'm sorry, I had to watch this movie so many times when it first came out. I saw it in the movie theaters 3 times with Kaylee when it first came out. But she's looking off to the side in the 3D eyes you can't see anything but white and it just looks like like a um like a billiard ball there so you're right yeah that's anyways that's our shenanigans that's our shenanigans for today listeners we have all the notes down below in our outline if you want to skip through and find certain references i know that we handled a lot of very important topics today so we wanted to make sure that we had it referenced as well as possible if you want to follow us if you want to continue with us in this really fun game you've got to find us at all of our social media sites make sure sure that you follow us there so that you can win prizes we've got lots of really fun prizes we do lots of good book giveaways and but i know where it's book giveaways yeah, yeah and come
0: join our hub with us on our um, facebook group um, yes. we're still growing and we love it when we have new people come in and share stuff and it's yeah lauren and i post funny stuff sometimes i even post like uh text from lauren <laughs> 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 not so you can see our brains
1: <laughs> yes. how
0: we interact Gary
1: world yes, yes that's right Into our brains. That is. Is the hub different than the page? The group you have to be—you um, to ask to join so that we can let you in. We are one, uh, just a quick shout out to our, our humble bees from that group. You guys have been so wonderful. There's prayer requests going on. People are connecting with one another. You guys are blessing one another, edifying with one another, sharing wonderful sermons and all the other things. And you're able to talk with us directly, especially if there's something that you'd like for us to cover. Um, if you want to get even closer to the tulips and honey bread, brain. You can join us on Patreon. That is linked below. And that is it for today. Humblebees, we love you guys so much. Bye. Love you. Bye guys.
0: Thanks for listening, Humblebees. This is Tulips and Honey. Over now out. I think that diamond still needs a little more polish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You're welcome. Thanks, bestie. See, okay. okay. But like in a good way. <laughs> so, um, I don't remember what we were last talking about, but. I think, and I feel like there's um, the, the, um, now I can't remember what it's called. Right. There's a thingy bob I'll just take all this up. Can you hear that sound, yeah, okay, yes, it's Clementine. <laughs> it's like she's digging into the carpet, nice to make herself comfortable, yep, yep, under my desk, where my feet are
0: <laughs> died in yeah seven so oh, sorry <laughs> he died. What is this? To... Ah. Yes. Ah. I should put Don't... a big red flag. Yes. Bye honey. Bye. Love you. Bye, Blackabee. <laughs> <laughs>